Driving while awesome podcast radio hour. <laughs> oh God. Yo. Do you guys know what a fluffer is? GTO. Mellow grinds. Oh, I got a PT Cruiser. It's a convertible. It's really cool. All oh, this smells of crayons for you. <laughs> hey, YOLO. You only have one life. Do you have coilovers? No. Beat it. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good podcast right there. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I screwed it up. <laughs> The diesel sound effect went over really well last time. It, it did. I could have come with the other. Diet Coke. This is going to be good. Yeah. Gavin, <laughs> Gavin. We, we just ate uh, pretzel and dark uh, chocolate Hershey's sandwiches. Excuse me. They were not s'mores, so we're yeah. pretty fueled up. <laughs> oh, how would that be a s'more? <laughs> a pretzel and a piece of chocolate? He's really yeah, easy It's to, almost a s'more. He's yeah, really easy to please. So yeah, easy. Yeah. Yeah. Look at this. It's a s'more. Okay. <laughs> cardboard. Excited. I was very excited. I wanted to apply heat, but I wasn't allowed to. I don't think anyone stopped you, actually. On the stove, that was the problem. So what are we doing, Warren? Uh, Welcome to Driving Well Awesome. My name is Warren. I'm Lane. I'm Art. Tim. What's my name? Oh, wait. Susan. 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 Be Anthony or which one? No, my name is not Susan. Hello, Whitney Houston reference. Come on. I'm sorry. You should be getting this. You yes, are the most metrosexual person in the world. <laughs> this is true. In the world. In the world. In the world. metrosexual person in the world. In a world. <laughs> in a world of in a espionage. World. So my name is Whitney. What's oh, your name? Oh, yeah, yeah. My name is Jason. Okay, okay. Jason. So Tim so, and Jason. Can I just say one thing? Yes. Johnny Lieberman was supposed to be here. He was. And he chickened out. He did. Actually, not really. He's just really busy working. He's really tired. But because everyone seems to think, including you guys. No, we don't. Yes, you do. No, we don't. We're going to put you two in a room and it's going to be death match. (laughs) It's a joke because everyone, we know the internet comments. I know you. I know you really think we're going to kill you. Everyone, anyway, people at home. We did put a wrestling mat in the other room just in case. There's a chain link octagon just (laughs) moments away. Cage match. Thus, my point, you all think that when Johnny and I go in the same room, we're going to kill each other. Oh, that's simply not true. We'll argue okay. over everything. Well, that's, yeah. that's but no one changes. dies. That's yeah. great. Um, so just so you know, Johnny won't be listening to this. So you can say whatever you want about him right now. Okay, Johnny, the sky is blue. Because we no, seriously could... Yeah, that's right. Exactly. You just... Uh, hi there. The sky's green. <laughs> oh, fucking Jesus Christ, Johnny. Hi, Johnny. Hope you're listening. Uh, did he ever teach you how to rip a deck of cards in half? No, he did that. This is what happens when I <laughs> leave the show. Or play guitar. So oh, bored with that very, very well-behaved British gentleman who has no name. Right. He's so incredibly bored with him that he's ripping apart decks of cards. I mean, really, think about that. No, I, I don't know what the fuck that's about. How I do you do you that? Taught, I thought you taught him. No, no it's not a frustration that of working with me, probably. He just went home and started ripping shit apart. Right, his, right. his wife was like, you should really rip apart, like, you know, things phone that are books. cheap. Yeah, yeah. Like phone books and decks of cards rather right. than, you know. Although that's so expensive. He's doing hobby. I think no. phone books are easy. Oh, decks of cards. Decks He's of cards. Ri- actually. I saw a video of him ripping. I saw it too. I seen a couple. And I thought how you ripped them twice. Why? <laughs> yeah. It's hard. Like, is this the really most gluttonous, hard. wasteful thing you could do? I'm going to buy something so I oh, can rip it. That is certainly not the most gluttonous, wasteful thing you can do. <laughs> Ripping we are in paper. How dare you? Deck of cards. But I just I, look five bucks. That's paper. A deck of cards. Maybe. <laughs> really? Yeah, maybe, maybe I'm not as quote independently wealthy as quote he told everyone <laughs> I was. But I just don't think I would go and buy something for the sole purpose of ripping it up. Uh, I would destroy a yeah. rental car because they, they deserve it. You just it. described how you love doing burnouts. How Shut expensive. Up. Over tires. I'm shining. Whatever your logic is, just meaningless. <laughs> logic, here. logic, logic. No, whatever. Something about Pirelli, Triple R's, and the right size. Okay, uh, this is this is a really important thing. Yes, 
I, again, have to get new tires for the e-golf um, because every approximately 22 miles, they're bald. And that's because electric cars are silent and you can race everyone without them knowing or the police arresting you. And um, so the 540 Treadwear tires that it came with, the Eco, Bridgestone Ecopias, last me about 3,000 miles on the front of the car. So I'm thinking Trofeo, Pirelli Trofeo R's, which are Arcom tires, which have a Treadwear rating of 60, are also available. And if you do the math, if that's indexed properly, like I could totally wear out a set of those in under 400 miles in normal driving. So I thought I should contact Pirelli, have them, you know, give me a discount on one because let's face it, they'll be gone in an hour and I'll go to an autocross, win it in an electric car and then see how fast I can win the, wear the tires out for fun. Pirelli would love that. They're like, they our really tires not, last 400 miles. Yeah, they weren't so amused on this. Yeah. I don't see the problem. <laughs> Winning the autocross would help, but. Right? And is it true that the treadwear is total bullshit? I mean, no. it's, it's well, independent. Well, it is. Actually, but so they is just MPG. make it up. I mean, so is MPG? So is MPG. That they're all. Yeah. I mean, you've seen some of the I lawsuits, know, but they're all. It's self-tested. It's an index of yeah. wear, and there's some gray area in there. But it's, it should be a tire that's rated three hundred. But I don't think there's a real science to it. Really? There's no. I thought there were. I, I thought there was mm. some sort of wear index that they do, and it's it's I mean, not really noticed? based in reality, but it's yeah. Tire something. width is also a weird fucking formula yeah. that, I mean, aspect ratio should be universal, and have you noticed that every, every 225, 55, 16 tire is a different fucking width? Yeah, you could put six so, 225 tires together, and all six are different widths. Yeah, it's right. I mean, well, tread, okay. tread edge to tread edge. Yeah, if you look it up on Tire Rack, too, they'll say the width a lot yeah. of them. Right, and here, well, here's the question. Go measure your waist, and then look at the label in your jeans. Those don't. Oh, match. I was thinking W A S T E. I'm like, what? no, W A I S T. <laughs> your 32 inch waist ain't a 32. You've been lied to everywhere <laughs> in your lives. All day there. <laughs> this this got off on a weird. So, so weird. Jason Camisa's with us. I have a 50 yes. inch waist. Is Susan Susan Camisa <laughs> or whatever we call? I'm confused. <laughs> cool. um, What's up, guys? We also have another guest. We're joined here by Tim McNair. How are you? Great. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we should also say that we are coming to you. Recorded live from, are we in Scottsdale? Is this Phoenix? Yes, it is. It's hard yeah. to say. Mm-hmm. We, have a live, we have a live audience. Wait, yeah. yes. We have a live audience. Oh, yeah. 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 Live studio yeah. audience. This yeah. is recorded in front of a live studio audience. That's right. There might be some heckling in the background. We'll see. Yeah. How For free way. tickets, contact. Uh, uh, can I introduce Tim? Yes. yes, 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 yes. Oh, so God. this guy, his name is Tim McNair, and uh, he does something that most people call detailing for a living, and I'm not going to call detailing because that would be an insult to him. I'm glad you're not calling it detailing because no. this is a whole other thing. Tim does something called Concor Prep. And yes. so basically when someone's car is done with a million dollar restoration and it looks absolutely perfect, they will fly Tim in to fix it and make it from being actually perfect to award-winningly perfect. Right. And so Tim flies around to people's collections and cleans their cars. And I don't mean like cleans dog shit out of the trunk. I mean, cleans actual collector cars that you would think were perfect. Um, and he makes these little changes. He's an artist more than he is like an actual, a, a scrubbing agent. And he makes these cars. He doesn't fix things. He has all these tricks to distract your eye to make you think it's more perfect than it actually is. Um, and so basically everything he touches wins best of show and whatever it is. So he's a magician. He's a He's That's amazing. Nice. And because I'm feeling generous for the moment and I'm not usually nice, <laughs> I don't say nice. He's incredibly generous with his time and talent. And ha- mm-hmm. so if you, any of you guys have ever seen any of my cars and said, wow, holy shit, that's a clean engine. And I sure as hell hope you have. <laughs> it's because he takes a week out of his time every year and teaches me his craft. Um, so thank you, Tim. 
for teaching me your craft. Yeah, I, like I, I want fucking speech. tears. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, what award are we giving him today? The, the, my for the most dramatic performance? Because that was really... No, but seriously, the dude is unbelievable. Yes, and is. if you think there's not a difference between detailing and Concord prep, um, you should probably hang out with someone like this because yeah. it's incredible to watch him work. No, thank you. But uh, I don't know. I could live up to all this. Well, all right. you're an asshole. So there, <laughs> that makes up for it. Oh, good. That's much better. And that's a podcast, so, everybody. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah so I'll, I'll get that check right out to you, Jay. <laughs> yeah. And I uh, really appreciate the, yeah. uh, the fine words. But... Uh, yeah, I don't do anything special, to be honest with you. Really? <laughs> really? Not, not getting... really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, you okay. guys should okay. post a picture of, well, like, we'll post a picture of, like, one of my engine compartments that, like, he and I have worked 40 hours on, and we'll see if you guys think that's something special or not. So this will give everyone a read of what he does. How many McLaren F1s have you detailed? All right, so there's 64 Prepped. road cars. Yes. Now, this is just the road cars. I've done... GTRs, LMs, long tails, you name it. I've done them all. But of the road cars, I've done 29 of the 64. That means uh, in and out, interior, exterior, Complete wheels detail. He off. has passed gas in had... that many McLaren F1s. Uh, oh, for sure. He's a very right? gassy man. So uh, <laughs> word on the street is that you've actually been in an empty engine bay of McLaren F1 to detail or to, uh, to, to prep it. Twice. Is that yeah, the word we're uh, using? Two different cars, yeah. Um, I do a lot of work with uh, the guys in McLaren Philly. They uh, they have the only F1 service center in the country. And uh, I get the uh, the pleasure of doing every car that leaves there. So I've gone in there before and done... Well, there's some things I've done on those cars that I don't care to mention. Yeah. <laughs> Repairing small chips and things that have happened you know, by the owner or whatever. And take care of all those little indiscretions, we like mm -hmm. to say. Uh, but yeah, been in the engine compartment inside and out to have the cars apart to be detailed. Uh, I did a two, an LM that we spent 42 hours on to prep for the collection. Never been shown. Never will be shown. And this was, when you said 42 hours on it, what did the car look like before? Like perfect, right? Well, to, yeah, to the uninitiated, the car was fine. It was clean. I mean, you know, it looked great and everything else. But we're talking... Taking the car, I mean, what we had, I had the engine covers off, I had the front covers off, the front spoiler was off the car, wheels off, lift on, or on a lift, all the belly pans off the car because it's the only way you can clean under it. And then, uh, you know, I cleaned everything from those belly pans to the headphones that they use to communicate inside the car. Oh, right. It was an LM, he said. It's an LM. Yeah. yeah. So there it is this helicopter much open exhaust. Right. And it's one of the most incredible sounds you've ever heard. Yes. So, I did want to nerd out on one thing real quick. I mean, just from, you know, having other conversations with you, uh, you know, there are a ton of products out there and, you know, there are brands and you sure have ideas and theories about all of them. But I like that you're very creative with the, with the things that you use. I don't know how much you want to disclose about that. No, but are, I... are there, is there something that you feel like is a very unorthodox tool and or tools that you use that are not necessarily for this purpose but would be awesome yeah don't don't tell them that the st20 <laughs> yeah uh, first my of all, secret i should i should preface this by saying that i have no secrets i mean i don't uh, i'm full disclosure you guys want to know what i use what i do i have no problem telling you uh what i find is kind of funny uh i've had a lot of i've had clients and and other detailers say i want to work with you i want to, I want to see what you do during the day and uh, i want to take notes and do all this yeah they last about 20 minutes and then that's it yeah like, i can't I, I don't even know what you're doing um but yeah some of the best things uh, are are totally off the wall i use uh one of my favorite products is this stuff it's called sd20 it's a it's made for range hoods in restaurants for cleaning degreasing range hoods uh, but it's also used by most of the nascar teams to get the rubber off the side of the cars 
So if you're driving in a in a track event on a Sunday afternoon, you're you know three eight turbo, and you come home, uh, you can spray the stuff on, get all the boogers off the inside, all the rubber falls just literally just sheets of rubber come off the car. It's amazing. Um, things like bamboo sticks. I was taught from a, a probably the best detailer of all time. This guy works in SoCal uh, for a uh, hot rod painter, uh, Junior's House of Color. This guy has been detailing cars probably for 50 years. Taught me how to use a bamboo stick. So basically what it is is a skewer that you would put shrimp on mm-hmm. and um, you use just the pointed end and it, it gets between badges and moldings and it's one of the greatest tools I've ever used. And, and doesn't scratch anything. Doesn't scratch a thing and it's you know two bucks for a hundred. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the first things you taught me was the, the art of detailing is separating components that are separate. So if, you know when you're yeah, looking at that bolt head. defining the parts. That's right. the best way I can describe it. So and black looks black, white looks white, silver looks silver, chrome looks chrome, whatever, or body color looks body color. So if you can get that definition so that when you look at an engine compartment, and I do a lot of Ferrari, so let's use a TR. So you've got this beautiful red cam cover, but each one of the bolts are clearly defined in white CAD, and then all the all the the, the black of the uh, uh, ignition wires. I mean, that's what you want. Can I also uh, yeah. clarify? You're talking two fifty Testarossa. Oh yeah, Testarossa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my fault. This is not. Uh, yeah, I do no side uh, strikes. I, I just, uh, you know. Not to sound like that guy, but uh, yeah, I, guy. I really work on heavy metal. Uh, there yeah. are very few times I do uh, How often? modern, normal yeah. cars. E30s. Cars, cars that people, Subaru Brat. Uh, 308 GT4. Surprisingly, yes, one. Uh, oh, yeah, I've done. I, I've done a lot of cars. Exactly. Yeah, from a '62 Valiant up to. Uh, you know, 250 GTO. So yeah. when you say doing those, another thing. No, that, I mean like you know. No, I know detailing. But there's other things that people should know about you. You're a factory trained Mercedes and Lotus tech. Right. And so one of the other things that you do that I think people don't realize it's part of the Concord prep process is you have to pull things apart, clean them, and put them back together. Yeah. And because you're factory trained, you have no problem pulling all dash apart. No. I mean, pulling an entire engine apart to clean it and put it back together, and, and that's you, what really makes that yeah, separation so, between you know, things. It, to me, you know, again, not to be that guy, but you know, you're. It's. I never look at the value of the car. I could care less. And I've worked on cars. I mean, uh, one of the cars I've worked on recently is just sold for seventy over seventy million. Um, but it's that was the Valiant or the Brass? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, both. Actually. Yeah. Uh, it was a it was a uh, <laughs> package uh, yeah. package deal. Uh, no, but what what I find is that you can't be intimidated by that, and you have to just be as careful as you possibly can. And you know, we in fact we just had this discussion on the way over tonight. Uh, there isn't anything that can't be fixed really with money. Yeah. And time uh, and money, right? The most uh, <laughs> even if you burn the car to the ground, it would only cost around a million dollars to build another one from the VIN number out. So, yeah. but I've never gotten that far. I've had plenty of, uh, <laughs> Not on plenty of uh, opportunity to yeah. uh, to make cars look like that. But um, yeah, when you're doing the McLaren F1 stuff and yep. you're taking belly pans off and yep. wheels, is that are you doing that? Or are you working with the technician at the same time? Or so I, I uh, first of all, I should tell you that I don't have a shop. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm mobile, and that's very important because so, I work in the best shops in the world and some of the best collections in the world. These guys have better garages than my home. Sure, that makes sense. And um, so to err on the side of caution, typically if I'm working in a shop. The shop people, whether it's a mechanic or the shop owner or whatever, will put the car on the lift for me. I'm perfectly capable of doing that. But for liability reasons, 
they'll put the car in the lift. I don't want to be that. You know, I want the car to fall off the lift, and it's my fault. So they always set up the car on the lift for me, and usually I ask them to pull the wheels at that point. Okay. And then belly pans and stuff. I mean, this stuff's pretty simple. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it, it really nuts and bolts a bunch and of, clips and you know, stuff. Six millimeter, but I carry things like, I carry a lot of unusual tools. So as an example, if I'm going into work on a car like that, I, I always carry things like taps and dies because you may pull a bolt out and it's it's stripped or was cross-threaded yep. five years ago. Yeah. So you just run a tap through it and you know it's going to be good to put a new bolt in. I also carry literally boxes of hardware. Um, a lot of these times, especially modern or old Ferraris, the the black oxide and some and some of the white CAD, some of the, the materials that they use to plate these have worn away and they really look terrible. So I keep a complete stock. In fact, today we're, we're in Arizona. I went to a... Um, a parts place today and picked up a hundred cam cover nuts for Ferraris that are in the proper white CAD plating. What I'll do is I'll go in on a 275 4 cam as an example, pull all the cam cover nuts off one at a time and replace them with new and then take those and have those replated. So I always have a constant supply Ooh, in rotation. And you'll typically show up with um, touch a paint that you'll have made. Yeah. Even if you have to make it yourself oh, on site really? by Before blending you colors. Go. Yeah. A quick, a quick side note about that. It's kind of funny. So, um, Typically, if the car is painted by a restoration shop, I make sure that they supply me with some paint. But a lot of times, like recently, I just did a, a modern Ferrari. It was Tour de France Blue. And uh, I found a company in, uh, I, as a, a hobby of mine, I build model cars, real crazy expensive model cars. Uh, but there are a couple of companies out there. There's zero paints and gravity paint colors that make base coat, clear coat paints for model cars that are in factory colors. So I bought Tour de France Blue for six bucks from Gravity, Gravity Colors, and it matches dead nuts for this car. I love it. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I use an airbrush. So you know, most people go in there with a little brush and they touch up the paint. Yeah, no, that's not right. Um, <laughs> I go in there and uh, I have a special primer that I use. It's a high build primer that you dot in. So that's where the brush part comes in. And then a lot of these colors are are pearls or clear coats and stuff like that. So I use an airbrush to do the touch up work and then clear it afterwards and then blend that clear in. So even though that is a two millimeter chip, it's now blended to match six inches out or something. Mm -hmm. You don't even not even that far. Just oh, okay. So if it's uh, two millimeters, I'm out about six to eight. Mm -hmm. Oh, very cool. So, I mean, we started at the very, very pinnacle. You know, we threw out TR. We talked about McLarens, and obviously, really getting into the details. I, I kind of want to stay. I kind of want to stay there. I want to talk about history. I mean, how did you get here? I mean, maybe get into some car ownership. Like, and how do you look at any car <laughs> and, anywhere and not and, just be jaded and, and the most bum, bummed out? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it's like someone tries to show you a nice car, and you're like, nah, I'm, I'm going to keep walking. Yeah, I worked on six of these. They're crap. That's you, basically what he's uh, usually what he says. There's a lot of sarcasm in my world. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so, that's a great car. Ooh, I know. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. So, so if you were a car, no, what kind stop, of car stop, would stop, you? Stop, no, stop, I'm sorry, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> that. Go away. Um, but yeah, like I mean, so you're. Were you always a car guy? When did you start oh, yeah. this so, process? Like when? How? Yeah. So I, I'm that guy. You know, uh, eight eight years old. I had subscription road and track. I had two older brothers that uh, built model cars, and I used to take all the plastic pieces that they had in a box that they threw away basically mm. and just assemble them. I wasn't allowed to use glue. So I just put them together by hand and build stuff. And then, um, so about, I think it was about 15 or 16. Um, I started working, started realizing that, you know, cleaning cars is fun. It was kind of cool. You know, look what you can do. You start with a piece of crap or your dad's car or something. It was dirty and you get, you know, you wash it and looked really cool. So 
I started working with a friend of mine. He had a restaurant or a um, detail shop in Philadelphia. So his thing was his dad was a banker in Philly. And they used to, uh, his friends that worked in the same bank, they would drop the cars off at the train station. So he would go over at the train station, pick up the cars, bring them back to his garage. We detail them, bring them back to the train station so that they can drive them home. And uh, so I learned, you know, that's really where I learned my chops. I worked on a lot of uh, a lot of Mercedes, a lot of Porsche, a lot of BMWs back in the day when they were, you know, really great cars and all the 126 cars and all that's great. I mean, really cool stuff. And then every once in a while, he'd get a car in about July that never moved in the shop. And that was the car that he could only work on. And that car was going to some big show in California and he would be prepping it. So finally, I was allowed to help him prep this car. We're rolling under, at this time, it was an XK120 coupe for a week, cleaning the undercarriage. So that's when I realized that, hey, this is pretty cool. Hmm. So I started doing it part time. Uh, I was about... 22, 23, I met a guy at a Ferrari show in Philadelphia. It was the funniest thing. Um, uh, I was introduced by this guy, and he says, uh, by a friend of mine who was, a, who was a sales manager at Algar at the time, Ferrari, Algar Ferrari in Philly. And he said, I want you to meet this guy. He's got a bunch of cars. I'm like, all right, cool. So I go over there. He comes up to me. He's got Sansa Belt pants. Do you know what they are? No. no idea. Okay, so Sansa belt. So they're oh without a belt. Oh, stretchy. He's got like a three dollar shirt on and slip on like Velcro shoes. <laughs> Sweet. And a beautiful pullover. <laughs> Do. Oh. Over. 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 Over from California to Wisconsin. You know, <laughs> yes, it was like that's... huge. So, guy says to me, I said. You know, he, I, I introduced myself and I said, yeah, I'd love to work on your cars. I said, what do you have? He says, oh, come on over. I'll show you. So he walks me over first to his uh, 512 BBI. And I thought, well, or this is good. He says, I have a couple other cars here, too. You want to see them? I'm like, sure. So he walks me over to the next car. Yeah, it's a Cal it's a Daytona Spider in black. Real, and the real next one. car was a 288 GTO. And, and what year is this, roughly? 1988. Yeah. So I know that because in 88, it was a brand new 288. Yeah. And no one else had one. And it was like jaw-dropping. And he says, uh, can you come down and do my cars? I'm like, sure. I get to the guy's house. He lives in like Chesapeake Bay area. First time I've ever seen like a purpose-built garage. Two lifts, uh, USOG uh, F1 toolboxes, skylights, Shoot. like... And these cars, like just unbelievable 15-car Ferrari collection. I'm like, I was in heaven. So I, that's how it all started. I started working on this guy's cars. That led to more cars and led to more cars. And then I got into the judging thing. I joined clubs, learned more about it. So I've always been in the car business. I went, I restored 300 SLs. That was like one of my favorite jobs in the war zone of Camden, New Jersey. No kidding. Wow. And uh, became a Mercedes tech, so a flat rate tech. I've sold minis. I've sold Hondas. I've and sold Renault. Renault Fuegos. I worked in a dealership in New Jersey that <laughs> sold great lineup. Lincoln, Mercury, Renault. Wow. wow. What year was that? Uh, Stone Age. Like 84? Uh, Those are like yeah, all the so motor like, trend car of the year like at that Renault, time. Yeah. We, we used to call them appliances. And, Renault Encores? And anchors. Yeah, Encores. I, I drove an Encore. And appliances. So I have a record. I had a, my demo was an alliance of appliances, we called them. Uh, four-door was red. 
automatic. I got clocked at 88 miles an hour getting on the Jersey Turnpike, which is terminal velocity because if it wants to know. <laughs> and you went back in time? It went back in time. Almost. I got that close. <laughs> Just as I was starting to, as the streak started coming over the car, the lights came on behind me because I pulled right out in front of an unmarked. Nice. In Jersey, he pulled me over. He said, do you know how fast you're going? I said, no idea. But he reminded me. Um, <laughs> So yeah, it was a big ticket. But anyway, so yeah, I sold. Uh, I had Fuegos as a demo and uh, sold those things. Turbos, Fuego Turbo. I almost bought one. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I almost bought an R5. There was one at uh, Radwood LA. Really nice one. Pristine. Yeah. Oh, well, really gorgeous. Nice. Oh, yeah. okay. Gorgeous. As good as they get. That's a relative term. But, yeah. Yeah. but yeah. Tim's really more of a VW guy than anything else. I, really? I, so what was your first lot. car? My first car, MGB. Okay. Brand new, 1979. What? Wow. Roadster. Nice. Of course. Yeah, that's an MGB. It's a GT, right? That's not, uh, that would yeah, be a GT. Stopped production on GTs and oh, seventy nine. Sorry. Yeah. It, so it was a uh, yeah. Went into the dealership and bought it new. But six Chiracos, right? Yep. Uh, GTI, Chiracos, Jettas, GLIs, um, you name it. Yeah. Uh, every kind of V dub. Then I started getting into Hondas for a little while. Civic SIs, plural, many of those. Um, what years? Uh, Art's hair just got a little more vibrant when he said. Yeah, Civic I SI. think he has an erection. I know. Yeah. It's a hair erection. Keep it low key. Hair erection. 89, that generation. And then I got into a 90, what was the the coupe? 93? 92, 93? Uh, you can get a 92, yeah, 92. Yeah. The second, you know, the next generation, there was a coupe, mm -hmm. SI. Um, but the coolest car during that time, I had just gotten married. We wanted to buy a four-door car. I was working in a Mazda dealership. 323 GT. Ooh, oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, those are so my wife had to drive a five speed. Nice. And uh, yeah, bought a 323 GT. Almost bought a GTX, but she liked the car with the trunk. I was like, fine. The same time, a friend of mine bought the same car. Huh. He then put Willwood brakes, intercooler, huge turbo on it, and all kinds of boost and would do smoky burnouts for weeks. Wow. It was unreal. And it was so much fun. I mean, that's such a great little car. Never see them. Never. Yeah. Like I, I've been looking for GTX again. Our friend just sold a red GTX on Bring a Trailer. Impossible. And it didn't fun. even bring that much money. I mean, I, and it was really nice. Yeah, nice I saw that car. Oh, yeah. yeah, I wanted to. I was. I actually looked at that. Yeah, it was a really nice car. Yeah, they're rare. They're and really really rare. hard to find without rust. So yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So that's uh, that's pretty much in a nutshell. And then you know, so life got in the way. Yeah. And then twelve years ago, uh, I was working in a mini dealership. And I was doing a lot of cars on the side, and I just said, you know, this is crap. I hate working for people. And um, period, just that's it. It's really true. And stop. You can and, just say I hate people. Period. And yeah, I, I would like agree Jason with that. And I bought. Say that. I went out. Everyone. Yeah. I bought some tools. I said, you know what? I'm just going to do this full time. And uh, that was the first year I went to Monterey. Ah. And the rest. Twelve years history. ago. Yeah. And that that year we did a bunch of articles in classic motorsports magazine and I uh, did a bunch of other press and then went to next thing you know I, I gotta tell you it's the funniest thing in the world Jason's helped me with this a lot getting press and getting stuff and I get no business from that at all it's Not, all word of mouth yeah and it, every once in a while you get somebody you had that article and you know like yeah but you know, it's just it's a not, side note. People think like you, you know, you get this, so this article and it's you're saying Jason's wrong. worthless. Mm -hmm. Totally. Well, there yeah, is I mean, we did, we did a, <laughs> oh no, no, he, he surprised me really dirty cars. I get to work. Oh, we did okay. a two pager. We did a two pager on you in automobile. No yeah. one noticed, yeah. but the thing is it's a small community. So, you know, we all live in our little eighties, nineties, like junk car world. Mm -hmm. The world that Tim lives in with, with all these other people, yeah. they all know each other. They're yeah, all yeah. going to the same shows. Yep. They're all friends with each Don't other. They all drink the same blood of that one. Yeah, exactly. Virgin. whatever. A vial of it right but the, but <laughs> yeah. the truth is when you know the thing they know tim does a car 
it wins. Well, so that's, okay, that's I want pretty, my car to I was win. Say, so, it's a pretty easy thing. How many times have you won Pebble Beach? Um, I've got or Amelia. What's the most recent Pe- uh, Pebble Beach car that I, I might recognize? The one that you uh, t- touched. I, we had two cars there last year. Both finished second in class. One was. Uh, uh, Duesenberg SJ that was owned by Clark Gable. Yes. Oh my God. That one just sold, right? Uh, no, this was. Uh, a sister oh no, car. that was the yeah, uh, the other the sister car, the SSJ. This is an S. That was an SJ. Yes. yes. So uh, the other car was pretty much the Holy Grail. Uh, Two fifty GT California short wheelbase. Covered headlight. Covered headlight. Yeah. Rosa Rubino. It's like my favorite car ever. Yeah. And you actually gosh. let me help you detail that. That was yeah, one yeah. of the few times where I was well, that's why shaking I got <laughs> and I had no idea what it was actually worth. I yeah. had a sort of idea in my oh, head. I'm like, oh, this God. is a couple million, whatever. No, no, um, no lots more than a couple do, million. I know the cars are probably not being driven a lot, but do you have a lot of wheel time behind these? Like, are you getting in these cars and driving them around? Or? Uh, no, and, and really the truth is simple. Um, Liability is yeah, huge. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I don't drive them. I, I try not to. I mean, I figure there'd be some owners that are really lax, and some obviously there aren't. There are opportunities to yeah. drive, and uh, like that Duesenberg, for and, example. It's like, well, yeah, you know, I, I've driven a few of those. In yeah. fact, I, I had to maintain one. I, I had at St. John's and at one of the shows in Michigan, and uh, I had to bring this Duesenberg J. It was a Dietrich body, so I had to drive it on and off the truck, drive it onto the show field, and all that stuff. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was a trial by fire. Yeah. The, the car came out of Chicago and I flew into Chicago to prep the car. First thing the uh, the manager of the collection told me um, was that, uh, come on, we're going for a ride. I'm like, okay, where are we, what are we doing? He says, you got to drive this. Let's go. We're driving downtown Chicago, top down in a Duesenberg. I'm blowing around. Um, I'm, people were loving it. It was really kind of cool. But yeah, I learned how to drive it, and that was really—it's pretty simple. Yeah, they're like stop. farm tractors. Okay, yeah. I was gonna stop you there. Learn how to drive it. So today we're um, over at RM for a second, and you know we're looking at the steering wheel on a Silver Ghost, for example. Sure. And there's a lot of pulley, a lot of levers and buttons and stuff that don't exist on even. You know, obviously, fifties cars. Forget modern cars. Right. So, what is what is it's it? It's like take? timing, right? Like yeah. retardation. And stuff yeah, like it's that. spark. It's, it's and a spark. Sorts, and yeah. It's timing and fuel <laughs> delivery, and it's it's actually really simple. There's not. It's not that complicated. Um, you know, you, you retard the timing, and you you know, it's just a sequence of events. So, you let's say do the timing first, then you push button to start, just like a lot of modern cars that think they're so cool now with push button starts that have been around forever. Yeah. Um, uh, what's weird is when you get a car. Prior to oath, oh, uh, like a early brass car before ten, uh, there was no uh, set uh, uh, pedal, pedal configuration mm. until Cadillac, which is so scary. I mean, Cadillac started the three gas configuration, on the, gas on the today. left and brake in the right. middle, and then so like a, a brake in the you'd have gas in the middle and you know brake and clutch. And yeah, like what? Yeah, yeah. And then you know a lot of the brakes were brake uh, transmission brakes, so it's like a band on the on the drive right, right. to slow the car down. It's just ridiculous. Um, <laughs> Well, your riding mechanic is doing so much of the work, too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But, you know, when it comes to driving these cars, I try not to. I try to stay away from as much as possible. Problem is, a lot of these cars, like some of the really heavy metal, like this TR or 250LM or something, you can only fire it. Once you fire it, it's got to be driven. you got to keep the plugs from being fouled. There's all kinds of weird tricks so we try not to do it well that also probably impacts your work that you're doing exactly and i don't right. want the car hot i want to i want to yeah temperature yeah be controlled yeah uh but the rare occasion that i get to really have fun the worst thing you can do by the way and just my personal opinion and i'm sure a lot of you will agree um is when an owner comes up to you and says 
I just bought a new car. Let's go for a ride. I'll drive. Yeah. That's the yeah. thing you never, ever do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. he is Michael Schumacher, in case you didn't know. <laughs> and he'll tell you that as he's talking to you, driving down the street, catching, you know. In whatever old car. Uh, yeah. Or whatever modern car, yeah. thinking, he, you know, you're doing 110 and a oh, right, 25. Right. Yeah. And, because he he's a great driver because he has a, he wrote the check for the Ferrari, um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, I can tell you a quick a quick side story. Uh, truly the greatest driving experience to date. Uh, we were in again to sound incredibly douchey. We were in Bordeaux, France, <laughs> of course, and I'm um, sitting with one of my clients. We're having a good old time at the F1 Owners Club meeting, and uh, my owner says something about, "Oh my God, I can't." I, damn it, he's so pissed off. I said, what's wrong? He says, I forgot to put fuel in the car and I have to get up tomorrow morning at seven, go get the car fueled up and we, we start the tour at 7.30. I'm like, my friend who I, who I brought with me to help out says, uh, well, we'll take it, go get gas. He said, would you do that? <laughs> now, what car is this? F1. Yeah. Mm. We're like, sure, of course we will. So the guy reaches in, has his 100 euro, and he says, uh, keys are out there with the guy. You know, we go outside, walk up, say, hey, we got to go fuel up this car. Can you give us the keys? The guy says, yeah, they're in it. Go get it. And that's a podcast. All right. <laughs> we'll uh, see you guys next time. Yeah. Jump, yeah. In, jump in the F1. I don't Click know on you... ways. Where are we going? <laughs> yeah. And uh, holy shit. I don't know oh if you God. listened to our podcast, but that's basically uh, where we're headed. That's the end of, end of our life. We just get to the... Driving F ones and then it was go get gas in an F one. Was it everything? Yeah. That's it. That's it. Was it. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's the greatest. I mean, the shifter, the steering. Uh, I've driven a lot of cars. Yeah, and, uh, there's nothing like F one. And then when go. it gets up on cam, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it's a new world. Yeah, it's amazing. It really yeah. is. Uh, if you ever get the experience, uh, it, and there's a car. If an owner says, let's go for a ride, don't even hesitate. Yeah. Get in the passenger seat because no matter how much he sucks, you're going to love it. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's Yeah, it was pretty cool. So That's we, awesome. I drove. My friend drove back and uh, brought it back in one piece, which was a big thing. You really went like to that, that. like... On roads to, we didn't know. You went to that gas station like 40 miles away. <laughs> yeah. <it's laughs> yeah. Like, Everything so, was closed. Came back. Yeah. It was empty again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I go back. Damn it. Uh, but yeah, it was... Uh, that's one of the greatest experiences. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, Bordeaux, pretty cool. F1. Yeah, yeah, it didn't suck. No, no, that's good. I took one for the team, you know, that <laughs> yeah. bad wine and terrible Brutal. food. The accommodations were awful. I mean, Pure yeah, torture. It's, yeah, it was yeah. awful. <laughs> no. Just terrible. So speaking of torture, uh, we're out in Scottsdale. We've been running around, going to a lot of uh, Listening auctions. to me, that's torture. No. Oh, are you going to bring up the Supra? Uh, so no, let's, let's, we'll get to the Supra. But, you know, we're out here in Scottsdale. We're visiting auctions. Uh, we're looking at a lot of cars. Um, is there anything, of course, I bet 99% of it is, for lack of a better term, not up to your standards, and I, I hate to make it sound bad, but I know that oh. it's not, they're not prepped for Concord, but like, the reason I even say that is that I don't want it to be a painful experience, right? Like, is there something that has stood out to you that... Yeah, are you frustrated had, looking at the cars? Yeah, exactly. So no, I don't let him bother me. <laughs> okay. But he's, he's medicated for that. You're going to appreciate he left out was, without... No, I do. I, I you know, I there I have the problem the problem I have is not so much looking at a car and just thinking that's the worst paint job I've ever seen <laughs> or can you believe that oh that door is closed and it really fits right. like that stuff it right, right. I just look past all that crap because you're at the auction and a lot of auction cars look like that. Um but now the biggest thing for me is I'm so jaded. I, I got to tell you there aren't many cars I like anymore. Yeah. And, you know, uh, with the advent of Radwood, uh, it's really brought a lot of great cars back. Cars that I love, appreciate it, love driving, 
brought all that back into the forefront. And, it, it, you know, there's it's almost like you're rediscovering cars again. You know, I, I used to go online and I'd look for, uh, oh, I don't know, uh, back as recently, you know, maybe looking for a 356 coupe or uh, some other car the 60s or 70s another mgb they were cool uh, something like that now i'm going online and i'm looking for that 323 gtx i'm looking yeah. for a honda civic si i'm looking for an rx7 by the way uh first gen rx7 okay. no miles please put me on the list if you mm -hmm. find the best yeah one. gotta have the right wheels gotta first gen like first first oh, one yes yeah. like 79 yeah. split taillights yeah, i don't the... want the other now plastic bumpers no i want the the purest form that's uh, to me that was the my favorite but uh, plaid interior, preferably. Mm -hmm. um, but all that stuff, it, it's you know that's what you're what I'm starting to look for again, and it's so cool again. And I appreciate you guys bringing this all back to life for me, because uh, that's what I'm doing next. I've got a '99 Alpha GTV, Ooh. two liter turbo, mm -hmm. uh, one of probably I don't know ten in the country at best, um, and uh, that's leaving soon. And I'm gonna start looking for something else. Cool, and you brought that car to Radwood, Philly. Had a great right? time. Yeah, yeah, which was a really cool car. So one little detail about that car. This is a, I mean, besides that we never really got them in the U.S., I mean, officially. Uh, but I love that when it's the hood itself, the hood design is what yeah. actually makes the headlight shape. Yes. Or, and it's hard to describe it. So yeah, so they have a rectangular. So when you look at the car from the front end, they have two round, very small, almost like looks integra. like projector, yes. projector total, beam, right? so four total, two on each side. But there, it's actually one large square glass. Yeah, it's the most boring looking headlight ever. Right. It is. With two holes in the hood. So when the hood's closed, <laughs> it has four round. It's when the hood's open, it's got two big Volvo headlights. Yeah, it wears, yeah. It wears blindfolds on both sides. I That's love what it. Looks like. it. Looks like a raccoon. It's so such cool. a smart idea. Yeah. I never ever knew that. And I've seen those cars for years yeah i, had I, I no never idea. did it yeah yeah until you pop the hood open and it's got that beautiful buso under there yeah it's all about yeah. the buso yeah and it's a de-stroked um, two liter buso with a turbo on it very yeah, very pretty motor goofy cool yeah definitely really cool so um what where did you guys go uh this, for the last couple of days so you guys did did you guys visit rm no, no, so we went to Bonhams today, Bonham's looked around. And I got to say, what I, I'm not interested in most of the sort of heavy metal cars, um, but what I love there on outside, of course, I went straight to the 190 E2.316, which was next to an E500, both in Blauschwarz, which was really cool. Um, and then right outside, there was an R32 next to a Z3 M Coupe next to a Z1. And I thought, okay, we've all arrived. Yeah. Like we are now old enough where the cars that we like, or I guess I should say I'm old enough, that the cars that I like that I think are cool are starting to trickle into this. Yeah, yeah there was a, a, a Citroen DS convertible that was amazing. And mm -hmm. like this 1960 Cadillac that was the most obscene flaming pink with a white interior. It was unbelievable. But the fact that there was an R32 Skyline there, just I thought, okay, we're, we're here, we've made it. And now I can start going to these events and maybe start looking at cars that I like. Uh, I, I get offered a lot of these cars before auction so by the time they are at auction they've already been shopped all over the country um but you know I, what i really appreciate like you were saying about some of these cars I, I, either early dtm or early group b so you know anything m3 anything uh oh i'm sorry let me rephrase that anything e30 Thank m3 you. and uh any you know 16 valve 190 uh but R5 Turbo 2s, I yep. mean, all day long. Yes. You know, any anything that even remotely, it was, you know, of course, there's always the Holy Grail of 037 
and all that great stuff. But mm -hmm. you know, they're few and far between. But what's really cool is my customers are discovering these cars now. So I've got a guy that collects some of the most awesome cars you've ever seen. 91710, 91730, uh, Valiant. Mazda 7 Valiant 767B. I mean, Jeez. great stuff. Yeah. 037. Sweet. Stradale. Now it's in your hands, so uh, to speak, it's right? It's just yeah. like, you know, it's such a cool car. And and this is the stuff that hopefully people recognize as being the they, next they classic have to, yeah. real thing. They have to. Yeah, they well, can use them. That's it, the other it's thing. amazing. It's interesting, though, just having conversations with, you know, some of our partners and everything. And, I mean, I'll, I'll call it Haggerty specifically because they're talking about their you know, customers and friends who have these massive heavy products. hitters as well. Yeah. Heavy hitters mm -hmm. who are saying this Radwood thing has really kind of sparked this. It's this renewed nostalgia for this stuff. Like it's, I now have to have what you're describing this X, X and X so that I can go take it to the event so that people, because now that people appreciate it, I want to bring it out and have people, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting There's a thing. place for it to be appreciated. Exactly. Now, right? And so that, Finally. and that's what it's all about, right? We wanted a, a space to celebrate what we care about and what's relevant to us. So, and it's really cool that it's, it's kind of funny because we've talked about this before, but it almost sound, feels like, we've given people permission to like these cars in a weird way. It's like, oh, I don't like, I like these and they're kind of, they're not the most reliable yeah. thing. That's exactly what and they're it's kind like. of, And they're maybe not the best like built, but I think they're really cool. And then we're like, no, we think they're really cool too. Like, oh really? Everybody, well, I mean, have you ever them? had that feeling where you, uh, you like something like, I don't know. Shelby uh, GLHS. <laughs> okay. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah, seriously. Or, or yeah, like, awesome. There's so many closet people yeah. like, that I would never. Oh, that Sterling car. 827 SLI that was at Redwood Philly, yeah. for example. Like some, mm -hmm. some car you've never really talked to anybody about. It's always been on your radar. You think about it a lot. And then someone like Jason Camisa posts on Instagram goes, these are so freaking cool. And you're like, see, they, they are cool. Uh, like so I, the, I knew I wasn't alone. My explanation for the whole Radwoods phenomenon is very simple. I'm older, a bit older than you guys. But you know, when I started to go to a bit... <laughs> can you pause the recording so I can kick the shit out of art for a second, please? Um, I, I'm what ten years older than you, but I'm look, I'm I'm in my 40s, and I started to go to car shows 20 something years ago, and they were 1950s and 60s cars with bunny hop music, and this, and 20 years later, it's the same shit. It's the same cars and the same music. Nothing evolved, and all of a sudden, now you guys have come along, or I should say not you guys in the room, but the whole Radwood thing has come along and updated that. And it's the same thing as those car shows of were course, probably yeah. for people 20, 30 years ago, mm -hmm. but it's eighties music, which now I remember. And you know, you probably remember nineties. So, yeah, nine, right. it's, it's stuff that we all remember, <laughs> but it's just updated, yeah. right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just updated. And so funny enough, Radwood did nothing new. It just, you, it was the first to think that, wow, maybe we should update this. No, program. it made it acceptable. Right. It, it, yeah. it brought it to, the right. masses right yeah, yeah it's funny because like even having conversations this is a very particular thing that i noticed that is consistent uh amongst people that are not necessarily car enthusiasts but um i feel like they associate a, a classic car that you even appreciate like whatever as a non-car person that has to have chrome bumpers right. it right. has to have these types of lights like it's just an aesthetic that they've that's been so deeply ingrained in people's minds and it's like we Classic cars when I was growing up was everything, anything be over 25, 30 years, depending on who you talk to, is considered, you know, a new classic, modern classic or classic classic. 
depends on who you were talking to. I like the young timer thing. That's cool. But I, you know, it's, it's interesting how it never actually, it Evolved. wasn't rolling. It wasn't, right. it, it just kind of froze in time for some reason, which is really bizarre. Right? I have a historical plates on five of my cars and okay. The Ferrari is one thing cause it's a seventies car, but all the other ones are eighties cars. And I cannot tell you every single time I'm at a red light, the car, the people behind me are pointing and laughing. And I've had, I think I had to, Pennsylvania classic plates on the Scirocco when it turned 15 and they were laughing at it then. And there, these people are still, the cars now, my cars are all 30 years old, mm -hmm. 35 years old. Yeah. And the people are pointing and laughing. Oh, that asshole thinks that's a historical vehicle. But like really? the guy in 1990 when the 60 Cadillac pulled up, right. that's a classic That was car, 30 years right? old. Yeah. Right? My Scirocco's older than that right. now. Mm -hmm. So for so you're totally right. That whole thing was frozen in time mm -hmm. and it never evolved. And so now I'm driving these historical plates and I have to tell people like my bitch basket is 31 years old and they're like that thing is 30 i remember yeah because you're old so <laughs> too, and your girlfriend had one in high school i get yeah. it sure whatever and every other cheerleader sure uh-huh make the make the cheerleader joke but seriously these cars are old and for whatever reason society says mm. they have to look like 57 chevys for to be classic cars yeah and mm. I, I think i think it has to do something for some reason it has to do with emissions regulations and how that sort of like well because they're frozen in time right right pre-75 and, so, and, and earlier i feel like the True. california market dictates a lot of automotive car, car culture you know it is pretty massive and people look to us for many different things but um and i feel like because for us it was so difficult to love those cars because we weren't allowed to drive them and actually put them together the way they were supposed to be you know they were they added all this shit and they saddled them with all this stuff which is fine you mean air I, pumps and catalytic converters yes, and all i love right. clean air and everything don't get me wrong but they were figuring it out and they were doing it in the wrong way with thermal reactor bullshit and terrible things that really kind of made the driving experience pretty bad and unfortunately right. those cars had this stigma associated with them and so then over time we figured out a way now that they're more valuable and that we appreciate them people are willing to spend the money to make them run well without having to do all the bad you know with with by so, freeing them up and opening yeah. them up and, and, and still having them burn clean or whatever. But our emissions regulations in California, for example, that we have to smog check our cars when we first register them and then every two years in most of California. Mm -hmm. And they are, that's that applies to every car from 1976 and newer. And that's not a rolling thing. It's not mm -hmm. like once the car turns 40 years old or 30 or whatever. And um, it was. That's what it thing. was supposed to be. Yeah. Well, but it's been like that since I was in high school Here's in the mid nineties. What's happening is our old cars are being outlawed. I mean, every two years when I have to smog the cabriolet, the numbers get stricter. And this car is now two years older. And it, it should be, come on, you know, it's gone a thousand miles a yeah. year, two thousand miles a year. Let it give it, you know, some slack. But it's the other way. The you know, the the, the emissions tests get harder and harder to pass every two years. So we're our belt is being squeezed. We don't realize it, but these cars are being slowly outlawed. And it sucks. It really yeah. sucks. But it's the way it is. Yeah, we right. could move to that, another state. And, and but we can move to another state. I mean, there, <laughs> we, we may have to move no, to other states. This is definitely unique to where we live, right? And and it's it's a bummer, but it's it's true. Yeah, and right. that's what's uh, it's a big limitation that we've had, and I think that's a part of why there's been a lack of appreciation <coughs> for this. But because most of the world doesn't have to deal with this, or at least most of the other states, I know that some European countries are even more strict. Oh, yeah. But um, you know, I think it helps kind of uh, it almost allows again for people right. to, to enjoy these cars and, and to appreciate them. So we'd encourage everyone to get a guy. <laughs> yep. I would never I would never endorse that sort of behavior. <laughs> That's gonna be harder to do. Yeah. That's gonna you get harder get harder. Get a person behavior. Wow. Um <laughs> I do want to play uh stump Tim on uh, uh -oh. cars you've I, I'm trying to find heavy metal car that you've never seen or worked on. Seen? 
Well, wait, you know, seen them all. No, you can't seen say seen. Yeah, seen. Touched. Most, yeah. Touched. So, by the way, last okay, night we were I haven't done a speed tail yet, so you could start there. Okay, so yeah, last night we were this trying. What? Mercedes, no. like, SS... 540K K? special yeah, roadster. 540K. Is that some Ks? Uh, two 500s. That's so easy. Okay. Really uh, so t- easy? Type 57 Bugatti. <laughs> what body? Yeah, see? <laughs> EB110 so, Super okay. Sport. Corsica body, three weeks ago. Oh, damn it. Uh, type 41. Uh, oh, here it is. Two years ago. God damn it. Blue uh, numbers. Car was taken apart. I detailed it apart. And the then the shop assembled it. That is a Bugatti Royale for the listeners. Oh, no. Uh, uh, but, uh, Bugatti Royale, I did the... I only done one Royale. Only uh, one? Yeah, it was one that's owned by <laughs> Volkswagen. Winner. And, uh, it was monumental. Uh, is the biggest thing I've ever worked mm-hmm. on. Yeah, far. it's got an elephant as a mascot. It does, so that's which your... is taller than me. The, <laughs> yeah. the top of the elephant is about really? six, five, six foot five inches high. Um, the wheels are 36s or 38s. Yeah. They're just absolutely Everything is insane. Train motor. What was amazing that you never see is the engine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It is all. all engine turn, and it's as big as a house. Wow. So I had to do that, too. But, yeah, I did. A, but just one. I did a Royale. Yeah. I've only just done one house? Or just... <laughs> Sorry. There's only five. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm so, just saying. I just, oh, wanted, okay. I just wanted to say that we started this game last night at dinner. and we I'm still, still continuing yeah, we're it. Still work, yeah, we're uh, still working DB4 on it. DB4 GT Zagato. DB4 GT Zagato, DB4 GT, both. <laughs> both. Check, check. Wow. Um, Come up with some weird alpha. <laughs> no, like I, a I know. Coda like Tronca or something. Series uh, SSs I've done. Sure, you know. GTA, TTV, Step Noses, SC. SC. I want an SC. Ah, 8C, 2900B, 8C, 2900C. Yeah. This is just Monza. there's no winning this. Well, no, yeah. I think there is. I'm just, my my Rolodex is flipping fast. AMC Eagle. Forget it. AMC Eagle. Get, get uh, out of here. John Deere Quattro is what you like to call it. John Deere Quattro. Yeah, uh, I have not done an Eagle. Uh, but <laughs> I have no done what I that. have done the better car, the SX4. Ooh. Yeah, and that was back in the Stone Age. And yes, I did Suzuki see. SX4? No. You don't know anything <laughs> about you. cars. I know. <laughs> American Motors built a car called the SX4. Yeah. Uh, it was the Horn oh, it was the fastback Hornet. Yeah. All wheel drive. Here's a question. Terrible. What common nope. fluid, liquid, have you never used cleaning a car? <laughs> Bodily? <laughs> Wait, what is there? That's just Tim. No, <laughs> for fuck's sake, really. The urea does really well on a certain surface. I'm sure, right? Uh, let's see. I'm sure. I'm getting at something really simple here. Coca-Cola. Common fluid, water, water, water. Yeah. water. I never wash a car. Exactly. Never, never, ever. No water ever touches it. It comes in dirty, which is so fucked up. Yeah, Jason's stupid car comes. Seven hundred and fifty microfibers dabbed clean. No water ever. Nope. Well, he but, never used oh, water. Oh, he saw me with a hose once. Those. What about what about just the initial dousing of dust and getting it all off? Why? Because when you scratch the car. No. I'm so <laughs> confused by this. Oh, See, oh, by the way, that's why I mentioned. If I do, guess what I'm going to do next? Polish it. Polish it. <laughs> Air. It doesn't matter. How do you blow? How do you get rid of dust? Oh well, you just wipe it off. What's your what's your uh, if you have to color sand? 
Yep. What's the final grade of paper? Like 3,000? It's just 2,500. 3,000? What do you think? An amateur? Oh, my God. Uh, uh, Obviously, someone is. Yeah. You said sarcasm before. Yes, I did. Yes. By the way, uh, no, I've got it. It's, it depends on the situation. I'll tell you that right up front. Uh, but I have paper. Typically, my process is 15, 3, 5. Five. And that's like not even. It's, that's, that's not even bad. That's, when I do touch up work, when I'm doing a small touch up piece, I have papers out to 12,000. Where do you even buy those? Hobby shops. Yeah, that's what that's where his weird hobby car obsession comes yeah. in. Yeah. Because he's used to painting used to small little details. little tiny things. He's got these weird brushes that he he'll bring all kinds of goofy um shit. that are that are smaller than the head of a pin and he uses those oh, for the hashtag all kinds of goofy shit. You should hashtag you need to see what he travels like. I don't know how TSA doesn't just throw oh, his ass right at the airport. Call. Like, what the yeah, fuck so I is send, this? I, typically so if I go out to Jay's I'll and I'm in Philly, so I send a um I, I drop ship all the chemicals because getting stuff into California, yeah. I, I can easily bring in weed. I can bring in heroin, <laughs> but bringing in a can of SD20, forget it. You'd be arrested. Yeah. But, um, and I have a Pelican case that I bring in the big box, the big stuff. So uh, two buffers, LED lighting, all kinds of pads. What kind of buffers do you use? Uh, that's uh, interesting. Um I have several. Uh, I'm a big fan of Flex, which is a German-made rotary buffer, and that's the burn paint, make it look like a DeLorean buffer. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I've got that in a couple of different sizes. I've got a, a four-inch and, and a regular six, and then um, I use uh, the new Griot's 21. Like a DA. Yeah, the orbital one I use is a, a Griot. Right now, I'm using a Griot's 21, which is their big boss. They call it best of show system. And I've had great luck with that. It's mm. been uh, it's been mm. a really good piece, and you know people swear by the Rupus buffer and all that stuff. I always thought that thing was a piece of crap, but these guys love them. Um, I don't know. That's uh, what I am accustomed to. But through the years, I, I've used everything. I've had Metabos and and Snap On and Dewalt, Makita. I mean, I've had them all. This is what I like. This is what proves for me. This is what mm -hmm. I like to work with. So it's, who makes it for so, Grios? To put it, it would. Uh, I don't know. They have a company in wherever they are china or china yeah. or but it's it's a great piece it's uh, i've gone through i have two of them uh one i keep in california one i keep at home and uh both have been absolutely bulletproof so you got to go with that too if it's reliable i'm i'm in but you old school you use like wool never Never. I, I haven't used a wool pad since the 80s, and I tried never to do that. The other weird thing is the first time he came to my house, he went right into the cabinet where I keep all my detailing stuff. And I like to think that like Just I'm threw it all away. pretty good through everything <laughs> out. I mean, open the whole thing, said, this is shit, this is shit, get the fuck rid of this. Uh, nothing. And he left me with like four chemicals. And it really taught me, the, the, the surprising thing is, A, no water. And then B. And you don't need that much. You don't no. need, these fancy chemical yeah. things don't do anything. It's yeah. all technique and knowing what you're doing. So I have probably four or five chemicals that we use cleaning, cleaning, detailing all the cars, and that's it. There's nothing else. And you don't need a thousand dollar wax. You don't need any of this like price gouging crap it's just go get a cleaner there's a lot of marketing and yeah. detailing today right so how about ceramic coating uh big believer uh, yeah don't use on any of the classic cars oh, because because, yeah you're, you're at the mercy of the guy who painted that car and i i don't want to be the next guy in line when it needs to be touched up and you can't fix it because it's got ceramic uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, i drive an audi a new audi uh all road Quattro All Road, and uh, that's ceramic coated and taken through the car wash regularly, because 
And it, it works. Be. But the ceramic truck. coating works. It's my truck. I mean, you know, I don't want to look like uh, I don't want to show up in a, a in a nondescript white van, and my <laughs> customers don't want that parked in their driveway. Mm -hmm. So I show up in the Audi, and uh, I can park it in the ritziest places in the world, and nobody cares. Mm -hmm. And I drive down the street, and people wave at me, thinking I'm a neighbor. So that's what you want. But showing up in the plumber's van, you know, with uh, with boxes of crap, it doesn't really work that way. Getting back to what you're saying, though, uh, yeah, the, the, my buffer, my flex rotary, or the or the Grios buffer, are like my Fender Strat. That's the best way I can mm. describe it. You know, you could play a Les Paul, you could play a play a Strat. That that's pretty much your right arm. That's your go-to, and it, you use what works and what's reliable and what you're comfortable with. So. And that's the same thing with a lot of this stuff. It's, you know, there's a certain comfort level that you build. And there's always new products. And I try everything I can that's new and different because I hate working. And uh, it's a lot of labor. <laughs> and if uh -huh. I can find something that makes my life easy, I'm using it. I mean, that's it's really true. So, you know, I have a lot of modern stuff. I have a lot of stuff that I try. But there are some that are just, you know, go-to, tried and true, dead reliable products out there mm. that I use constantly. Mm. Yep, it's great stuff. Makes sense. I'm still thinking of cars. Oh, it's, uh, <laughs> oh I didn't hear a thing you You're just said. You're not going to win. Just That's been, okay. I'm just joking. Uh, let, me, let me just think back, uh, <coughs> go through the Wayback Machine. Uh, let's see. A Nembo Spider. Nembo Spider. Interesting. Uh, did not do a Nembo Spider, but I did a one-off Pantuzzi body. And the sister car to it is featured in Octane this month. I did the other one mm -hmm. and uh, lived in Philly for a long time. It was uh, Luigi Canetti's personal car. I call it a win. That's right a win. There. I think right, we got one, Warren. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, three. because there is only one, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, wow, thanks. Uh, no, no problem. It took me well, actually, there, an hour. There, there's one car that is, to me, the holy grail that I will probably never work on, but hopefully I Bread could. van. <laughs> My uh, Scirocco? No. Yeah, 16 pounds truck. Um, no. Uh, Damn it. The 722. Oh, the, the, so the actual. Is mm. the greatest race car of all time. Mm -hmm. I saw you can, Sterling Moss drive that car. Yep. And did you hear it? Yes. Did you hear it? It's also the greatest sound. That's car. the best sounding yes. car of all time. Um, yes. Magnesium body, Jeez. Desmo straight eight. I always forget stuff like that. It's just, it's just this iconic thing. Yeah, all those Silver Arrow ever. stuff. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, that, that, would be the, that would be the one I'd like. That's the Holy Grail. That's the one I'd like to do. Yeah, well, as especially far, being an SL guy to start. Yeah, with. I mean, it, a 300 SL it has a lot to do with it. But yeah, it, it, you know, I'm a big race fan too, and it is. I mean, anyone that can drive 104 <laughs> mile an hour average over 10 hours, it's thousand insane. miles. In 10 I know. Hours, I mean, we really? just talked about Wait, that story. Just the best on Italian roads in the 50s. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah rural Italian public roads. roads. Yeah. Open yeah. to the public. Yeah. Yes. At while, the time, while chicken farmers are riding their bicycles with right. their whatever. Yeah. See. Yeah. Grazie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But. Um, Let's see. I, I, in the Ferrari world, I, I it sounds like pretty much done everything. it all. Yeah, I think so. How many GTOs? Two, three, three. I was talking Silver, red, red van, GTO red van. Is what I was. Yeah, the red van. At. I'm not. I, you know, what? They're, they're up, funky. that was my favorite Ferrari of all time. Really? Yeah. I, I saw I've it auction. Gone past that now. I, at, I, uh, I like it. I don't love it. I think it was Bonhams or yeah. It was at the Jet Center 10, <laughs> 10, 12 years ago. Two fifty SWB CFAC hot rod. That's the, oh yeah. That's yeah. The that's whole, a, that's my favorite. That's nice. It's there was the a brutal coolest car. Kind of an interesting Ferrari at what RM today. IDGAF. <laughs> all these all these cars that no one ever drives. 
That's so sad. Uh, that, that's uh, that one's yeah. driven pretty regularly. Yeah, yeah, for the guys that own them, they still vintage race the shit out of them. Good. Some do, yeah. Like Tom Price drives all of his cars, yeah. and very hard. I saw him uh, spin out at Sonoma at turn eleven. Sure. And uh, run his two fifty GTO into a tire barrier. Just fix it. No yeah. big deal. And that's what he did. Yeah, exactly. Unkillable. Yep. Cars with too much money. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't do anything that bad. <laughs> no, no, after. <laughs> so, got it dirty. Got it dirty. After, it's, it. after it's restored. You said you've never burnt a car to the ground, but is there something you can disclose that, and again, you can disclose that has happened? To? No, but that's why I'm asking, right? And that you, that, that happened done? that was fixed or that someone did that you might, like a friend. We'll, Remember the, the friend? We'll call the segment that what had happened was. <laughs> you, yeah. let, yeah. you let like the rotary buffer buffer get away from you and just. Uh, uh, no, I burn a fender flare or something. I saw that done in a shop. Uh, I didn't do it, but back in the Stone Age, uh, these guys, there's a local body shop to us. In fact, they were are, are world famous because uh, they did all the cars for Roger Penske. At the mm. time, they would paint like the 91730 Sunoco car was painted there and stuff mm. like that. So I went in the shop um, to look at They had a Gullwing I was doing some work with, and uh, 126 was in there and it was just repainted so he did the hood the roof on a 560 sel it was hitting the front and they repainted the car and all this other stuff so new guy working in the shop using an air powered buffer with an eight inch wool pad wrapped it around his his arm to keep the the um cord, cord or the air air hose mm-hmm. off yeah. the car uh cranked it up to full speed put the car I'll put it on the hood and it got Took out of his off. hands and flipped over, scratched the hood, broke the windshield, bounced off the roof <laughs> and oh, broke his wrist. Holy uh, shit. All at once <laughs> in about three seconds. Bam, 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 bam. Yep. Oh my God. Yeah. So he went home with a broken wrist and no job. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen. It happens fast. Yeah. I, I've had some, I've had some other people wreck stuff that I've had to fix. Um, there was an incident just within the last couple of days, but I'll, I'll tell you that after Cavalino. Um, huh. yeah. Uh, but this, uh, one of the worst I've seen, I had one of my clients and his mechanic, uh, fixing They we had to repair a rubber hose, uh, one of the coolant hoses on a Delahaye 135. It was a Fagoni body, one off phenomenal car, uh, black guy. Uh, him and his mechanic were trying to put the hood back on the car and he had his hand under the edge of the hood when he put it down he pulled it out and bent the corner of the hood straight up oh my god so freshly painted car cars going to pebble beach and it was like a mess um so i had a friend of mine that does pdr and i said come over here take a look at this thing i said i don't care what it costs just if you can fix it great we have to take it to the body shop because body shop is going to be five grand or more to- and five weeks <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah so he comes over, he looks at it, gets out a two by four. I said, I'm going to lunch. He says, yeah. he says uh-huh. I'll take care of it. And I just left. I came back and it was perfect. I'm absolutely dead nuts. And he heated it and bent it and pushed it. And I don't even care. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I asked how much and it was expensive. And I just said, no problem. I called the owner. I said, hood's fixed. Cost you huge amount of money he's like okay good thanks that was it car is fine took off but yeah that's mostly what i get i get a lot of stuff that oh i was working on the car and this happened or we dropped a wrench or it's uh 
I, I washed the car the other day and there was a stone in it and it scratched the hood. And I'm like, yeah, I, you know, that's the kind of crap I have to fix. Myself. Yeah, yeah. But because I don't wash cars, I don't ever have that problem. So, ah, so no, now, there's no hoses. I just cursed myself. For no hoses. Yeah, water. exactly. No, no water ever. No yeah, sponges. No buckets. God, I got well, in so much trouble. So when the, you saw the, that the crap, <laughs> the, you know, kind of cars I work on. If you put a hose on it, first of all, they have louvered hoods. It's all going to run in. There. I was going to say you're doing like rust and or you know, I, yeah. This this uh, one of the Delahays I worked on. They spent a hundred, hundred fifty thousand dollars doing one seat, two door panels, and a dash. Um, and it was completely done by Hermes. Uh, they sent oh technicians in from Paris. Yeah. Because wow. it was the original interior yeah. by Hermes, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, they, they pulled the build sheets from back in the day. And it was this red leather. And they took the the switch gear. And each one of the switches were hand-stitched uh, on top of the plastic switch in leather. Mm. And then they trimmed the edges. And then they, uh, they did this burnishing technique. It's hard to explain. But just phenomenal. But... What I never realized, and I worked on this car probably, I don't know, six or seven times, and I never realized about the last time that when you get right up on top of the leather, it looked like red leather, but what it was was it was red, and it had darker red printed on top in some funky pattern. It was just a, almost like Mercedes has a, a pattern called cognac, and it looked very much like that, but it was really fine and really delicate. I'm looking right now at a, at a marble table, and it kind of looked like that. It has this sort of like dot effect mm. on top it was mm. the most amazing thing i've ever seen and the uh michael Furman, the famous car photographer photographed that car and he said it was the best interior he's ever seen on any car right so you're going to take a hose to that yeah really that's so my question really not to that. that not to that per se <laughs> yeah. so maybe it's the car that you're going to try to stump me with next <laughs> I have some. I, well, you you triggered something when you said Adela Hay and, okay. and Trigoni, uh -oh. I, but um, I, you know these are all like one-off cars, so I don't. Oh, you know, yeah, it's yeah. all it's all good. We're, we Nembo Spider was happy. I was happy right. with that. I thought you were going to ask him if he's since he doesn't use water, if he's into that foam that looks really good on. No, Instagram. no, no, no. I don't even want to cool talk about that. These days. Yeah, all cool kids. Two fifty mm Vignale Spider was what I asked you last night, yep. and you were like, "Oh yeah, no problem." Yep. So once that was established, I was kind of. I kind of gave up. You're kind of depressed. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Here's Sorry. you said the word trigger. Here's a car. It's speaking of trigger. I'm going to be triggered for a second. He hasn't done a BMW Z4 with a super body on it. <laughs> oh. Well, I don't think you could fix the problems with that. That's our transition to my yeah, man's say, du jour. Oh, I oh. love it. Have, I love did you guys it. all see the suit, the new Toyota Supra? We saw yeah, just the, the flat one, the gray the one. one. We saw the, the matte one. gray one on the on the stand thing at. Barrett Jackson. We did not see the red one that they're auctioning off. I haven't actually seen it in person. I don't need either to. car. Yeah, uh, no, no, it doesn't matter. What I saw no, I was I zoomed in. Worst. If you saw my ever. <laughs> worst what? Trunk lid. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, kind it's of got a lot of. You know, we had an Uber driver and he goes, "What the? F why did they even put a wing on it like the last one?" Yeah, yeah. we're like, "Oh yeah, the fucking." Well, wing. here my favorite thing was I went to the Toyota's media site and I downloaded the images of one, you know when the embargo broke and the whole thing. And I looked at it and I and their, their whole that a whole section in the press release that details matter and so I'm like, "Oh yeah, blah 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 blah." Yeah, details it's built in fucking austria by you know bmw whatever blah 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 and i zoom in on the picture of the door jam and there's the vin sticker that says manufactured by bayerische motorenwerke bmw <laughs> right there and i'm like really that's the Whoops. only detail you need to know about this car yeah what does the key look this. like 
It's BMW key. Right? The interior is a BMW What does the shifter look like? BMW. By the way, look like it is. By the way, they don't offer a manual transmission. Yeah. I, okay, we, the Neither more we Z talk Z about Z it, we get, we get more fired up because it's so far from what it should be. But, but Tim it, hasn't cleaned one yet. By the way, but oh, yeah, no, yeah. Gone. wouldn't it make sense if that was just a, a another model above the FRS? Here's the thing. I don't, first of all, I don't mind collaborations, right? The, the BRZ slash 86 really though, you was, don't... was a collaborator, was genuinely collaboration know, between but, Subaru and Toyota, though, right? But, uh, their two, that's their two Halo cars. But here's the thing. I think yeah. that's like fine. sports cars. They were two brand new. No, no, not the FRS BRZ. We're talking about the Supra. Yeah, no, 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 hold on. In okay. general, right. in general, collaborations like, for example, the BRZ eighty six was a genuine collaboration. Uh, this is a Subaru motor with Toyota fuel injection yes. and engine management on it. It was lopsided. It was mostly Subaru, but that was genuinely yeah. a joint effort. And it is a bespoke interior that they made for that car collectively. That is not a Subaru STI interior exactly. or whatever. Right? This, and, it, was, it was its own project. And by the way, it was mandated by the Japanese government. They told those two com companies, Subaru and Toyota, you need to work together. And they were like, "Fuck this!" And they made Made a new car out of it, right? Oh, I didn't they know that. didn't resurrect their performance yes. halo, and, the, and pr the price point is. Well, I mean, it's it's fifty thousand dollar car, right? I'm saying but, for the FRS BRZ, right. it's not your your highest. Your right. it's not like carrying your brand. It's not your halo car, right? But so they resurrected an, uh, the, one of the most important names in history for Japanese cars and they slapped it on a rebodied BMW. And this is not a joint collaborative effort. This is not a, oh, it shares some BMW parts. You guys need to understand, it's a fucking Z4. Straight up. Yeah. By the way, Straight it's up. not an M3. It's no, a Z4. it's a Z4. Yeah, which is not detuned for, yeah. Detuned, by the way, because why would BMW give them the high output version of the engine? They're like, ah, fuck you. This is just the, the biggest no insult. And all. look, we knew this was gonna happen. We knew it was gonna be a Z4, but I thought at least they would give it a bespoke interior. And yeah, it's oh, a different right, dash. Right. But when you look at a dashboard, you have to you have to look at the engineering behind it. And if you look at the placement of the HVAC vents, that's the single the biggest clue you can get to what's going on behind it. The vents haven't moved. Yeah. The uh, none of none of the secondary controls have moved, which means all of the everything behind that is 100% identical to the Z4. And it's last generation BMW shit. So they didn't even get the current generation Jesus stuff. Criminy. It is just so disappointing that they took this car and just reskinned it. They didn't change the font on the iDrive screen. I love it. Or the odometer. Yeah. Like it's just anyone who's owned a BMW or driven a BMW will feel immediately at home and that's so fucked up for Toyota's flagship performance yeah. car. And then think Sorry. about think about another angle is that I'm going to buy the Toyota Super. <laughs> I'm going to buy the Toyota sports car because it's reliable. <laughs> It's going to last a long time. No, it's not. Well, it's BMW engines great. do last a long time. Not really. But here's the, the, the other thing. The other part of this is for any of you guys who know BMW techs, people who work on modern BMWs, they are the most complicated cars ever made to work on. And it's not just the how they're built. It's their computer systems. It's BMW's own CAN computer, their, their local network on the car. Toyotas are the easiest cars to work on. So these poor fucks who work for Toyota dealerships are going to go into work one day and the dealer has to buy, by the way, I think it's eighty dollars to $100,000 worth of equipment just to be able to read read these computers and reprogram them. The dealer buys $100,000 of equipment and the techs now have to learn an entire networking system that the BMW dealers can't figure out how to well, make here, these cars work. Here's another secret is that not every Toyota dealership will go for that. No, so they're then gonna you're going to sublet them out the, to BMW. Oh, and you'll be at the mercy of, I have a Toyota dealer in my town. They won't touch that car. No. 
No. And you, look, this has happened before. There have been plenty of other badge ups. Look at that Infinity what a QX thing. Oh, no. What's, what's the little one? Um, FX? No, no, the little Infinity that's actually the Mercedes GLA. Oh, oh yeah. Who, nobody but cares. I will say, but who cares? Make, make one. Right, see, but nobody cares see, because that's, exactly. that's just adding a random model yeah, to your lineup. Right. Like, and they had a, that's adding, I, it's it's like filling a gap. Totally. That's a gap filler car. That's what Warren has a Mitsubishi Mighty Max pickup truck, which is a Dodge D50. Right. Tim, no if one you want to see it, you just let yeah, me know. If you want detail, I'm in. That's one I haven't done yet. Okay. But no one cares. That's just, you know, that's them working together. Oh, we need a truck. Or the not the resurrection of your no. halo the little yes. chevy van that's also a nissan nv 200 or whatever they, they and nobody sure, cares nobody gives a shit right and also you're not talking about a competitors right They're, these aren't really competitor companies no. making a performance halo model no. and it's also not bmw people don't understand you put a new B, a new battery in one of these cars you got to reprogram it you put wiper blades on it got to reprogram it look at the car side we've got to reprogram it oh. it's like 12 hours of programming to do mm -hmm. fucking anything to this car oil change has to go to like be plugged in and download this shit that is not the way toyota works so those poor techs and the people who buy these cars just, if they're actually schnookered into thinking that this is a, a toyota to begin with are in for quite the surprise how can this not just be a total failure. I, I really don't. Is it's it already a failure because the car's hope. hideous. Is it right? going to I mean, outperform a Z4 by like no twice? No. In fact, in in fact, you mean in performance because they released the numbers and it's slower than Z4 because it's got less power. Dude, um, I, so I it's a detuned Z4. What are they doing? I don't know. After all that time too of yeah. fucking jerking us off for right. showing. I mean, us Acura may have jerked us off for. I know, years with but they that came NSX. up with like a pretty badass car that shares no other. Bad is yes, but at least it but doesn't saying, share anything with anybody else. Exactly, like it's they not a put friggin' totally Nissan underneath. Unique and so one thing we noticed about seeing the Toyota in the flesh is it's pretty small. Yep, and it doesn't have much presence. And it, the I think the Supra, the old you know the last Mark, Mark IV had some real presence Huge to it. Presence. And this thing lacks presence. It lacks drama, even though, even with the weird fake vents on the door, on the door. Fake vents on a on door. The Think door. about what you're saying. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Has these weird vents on a door and all the creases and all this stuff. It kind of looks like, hey, we need to refresh the FRS. What? Right. Let, let's make, okay, this is a refresh well, of the this FRS. This is what happens when, so when cars are engineered, modern cars are engineered as unibody cars, they have hard points. And these are points that can't be changed. It's where the suspension mounts and the engine mounts. And when, so this is a Z4. Mm -hmm. And Toyota can change the exterior panels of the car so long as they don't move those hard points. So what they tried to do is graft that incredible looking FT1 onto a chassis that someone else designed and engineered and built, and they can change the hard point. Wheelbase, wheelbase is short. short. Yeah, exactly. Dimensions, yeah. dimensions are, all are all wrong. The, the overhangs looks, are huge. It looks yeah. like it's it looks maybe, stubby. The yeah. aspect ratio is all wrong. It looks like it's been squished from the side. Yeah, you hit the wide yeah. button on yeah. your TV one yeah, too exactly. many times. Yeah, and it really goes sad. Straight, I mean, yeah. I I described it as a. It looks. It reminds me of um, of a bacon wrapped hot dog for some. Reason. It's just got like another phallic <laughs> reference from yeah, Art Cervantes. See around back. It's got it's got some lumps and some things, and it's it's got the it's just not good. They, really, tried to, they tried to yeah. cram too much design language into. Well, yeah, because the FT1 was, was a lot was bigger. Awesome. The AT1 looked so fucking. Well, cool. that's the, the thing. You need room for those lines to flow yeah. and everything. It needs to be based on a six series or something, not a Z4, right? Well, you know what it needs to be. Toyota has a, a really
really good rear wheel drive platform. It's called the Lexus platform. Yes, I that's what, I, what, what is up those with cars are really good. And they're supposed to handle really Take well. The and just and keep they developing have developing yeah. it. I mean, the, the, you get into like an IS350 or an ISF, and those cars are good. They're they're genuinely chassis wise, they're better than most of the stuff BMW makes at this point. Um, what the fuck are they doing? Just, you know, oh, we want to get back toy to make this real push for real driver's cars. Look, I got it. Th the Camry is amazing. And I I don't use that word lightly. I, you're, I'm getting dirty looks. What Holy shit. Fuck? That, I, get the just, fuck I'm out of here. here. I'm not kidding. My ears what I want you to go right do now. is I want you to go drive an LS 500, the new twin turbo V6 LS Lexus flagship and a V6 Camry back to back. Yeah. The V6 Camry is four times the car that Lexus is and it starts at $26,000. It's an incredibly good driving car. It also has better steering than any BMW in production right now, okay? So, I mean, this is Dude. this is it a also has these weird little vent things it's on the rear. It's fucking ugly like too. But this this is we live in a very strange time where Toyota is actually making really good driving cars. And so what do they do? They outsource their performance halo to a Z4. When was the last time you or anyone gave a fuck about a Z4? No, no one has since like Ever. they came out. Z4M. And it was in James Bond. Even that. I the first generation Z4M, eh, because it had an S54 in it. But really, They've, Z3 was kind of hot. Yes. Z4 was always like. Z4 yeah. has never competed. It was never able to compete with a Boxster or Cayman. And they gave up on that. And they said, okay, we're going to have this female design team design the next Z4. It's going to be based towards the people that go to golf clubs. And, you know, this whole market, we're not even competing in the sports car market anymore. And that's what it's been ever since. I'm going to ignore that really. And they sell. <laughs> it was not sexist. It's real. No, it's that's talking, what but, happened. But he had a really nasty look on his face when he was saying it. No, I mean, it's, it's what happened because it was like against the sports car thing. Yeah. They're like, we need no, to get a GT. Our buyer is the is. The softer side of Sears is what they did. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, they really said that we wanted this car to be a, a hardtop convertible because maybe the soft top would be too loud for people to deal with every day, blah, blah, blah. And they ruined the Z4. Yeah, they really did. Yes. You can turn with your pinky. Right. Yeah. All, yeah. all of those concessions to a, a And market now that's that in exist. Toyota's best sports car. Do you believe this? I mean, do you believe the Supra? A Supra. Yeah. Like I that the last Supra was still so amazing. You see them on the road and you, you lose your shit. And the performance numbers, it's like it, it goes two tenths of a second quicker to 60 than the car, than 20, the years car 20 years ago right and, Although, and by the way yeah. i don't care about but who cares yeah, i don't yeah, care yeah. about horsepower or whatever it's an automatic bmw yeah. with electric power steering and i drive in it yeah. with a toyota Sucks. badge on it it's hard to hard to swallow yeah I, yeah you're preaching the choir hence where <sighs> we're just so art had a art had a dream last night oh yeah i know it was a nightmare i had a nightmare i swear i had a nightmare last night so i woke up this morning super groggy getting ready and i told lane i saw the living room i'm like dude i was really struggling last night i had a terrible nightmare that because we were part of a symposium today talk 80s 90s cars whatever and uh and that it was moved to the main auction stage to the auction block and we had a talk about the new Supra in front of the Toyota corporate team because <laughs> the Bear Jackson guys yesterday off like kind of a in side combo like, oh, you know, Toyota's here if you want to meet them, whatever. And so that got amalgamated with this whole some stress and some other shit. And I was like, I really, really freaking out. I'm like, what the fuck are we going to do? Here's dude? the thing. As a journalist for 12 years, I've written some terrible things about cars. I wish I was working right now I so know. I could write a scathing fucking I think you need to do like an op-ed. It doesn't matter how good the car is because it fails out of the gate. 
It just doesn't pass yeah. te the test. And I would yeah. happily look all of Akio Toyota or all of them in the face and say, you fucked up. You mm -hmm. fucked up. If you wanted to invent a new name and just call this, yeah, 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 yeah. and if For you sure. called it a Celica, sure. no one would be that all butthurt mm -hmm. over it until they bought it and realized they got duped into buying a BMW that they didn't want in the first place. No, it can be that softer side. It could be the more luxurious. Sure, make a yes. make you an know, and then make a Supra as you're right. above that. Make an and, and by the way, they've now confirmed <laughs> from everything we've seen in all the leaked documents, there will be a four cylinder. So now we're gonna have a four cylinder. Sweet. 240 horsepower Z4 <laughs> Supra. This, this I don't know. I like. mean, like, what are you, who does this? I don't know. I like, I like you. You know what? <laughs> you know, the problem, the problem with this whole timing of this whole car was that apparently I did three nasty, like bitter old man, get off my lawn posts in a row and didn't notice it. And the Toyota was the last. They're all anti like, BMW. You got a fucking problem. Like you have no idea how mad I am. I'm really <laughs> mad. I'm whenever we're dead. I really, you're like really, on the, you're like in the office, like your picture, like do not allow this man not, on property. Oh, that's happened before. <laughs> that's, that has definitely happened before, but I'm, I'm a huge fan of Toyota actually. And what yes. upsets me the most is that Toyota has abandoned everything it stands for. And the way BMW engineers cars is incredible also, but it's it's negative Toyota. I mean, it's everything Toyota doesn't do. They do genuine simplicity. Like I always love to compare a Camry and a 5 Series. And it's a very strange comparison to make, but they have about the same room on the inside, but the Camry is a 7 Series uh, competitor. Oh, I'm sorry, they're the same size on the outside, but the Camry has as much room as a 7 Series on the inside. Um, and here's a car that we're, last, we talked last generation car, had a 6-speed automatic versus BMW's 8-speed, had a 2.5 liter 4-cylinder without even direct injection versus a 2-liter downsized turbo direct injection Fully infinite variable valve timing on both cams, plus infinite variable valve lift, plus every other one of these incredibly expensive technologies in BMW's arsenal of, quote, efficient dynamics, including clutched alternators, for example, that will only charge the absorbent glass matte battery when the battery is below a certain state of charge mm -hmm. to eke out every single mile per gallon they could on this 5 Series. And the 5 Series got 34 miles per gallon on the highway, and the Camry got 38 with no tricks. It's a port injected 10 year old four cylinder and they did it for 26,000 bucks. And I, I look at that and I say, okay, BMW has been able, has been at the forefront of engineering for a long time by adding layer after layer after layer of complexity. And Toyota would sit back and say, you did 75 things and added $10,000 in cost to the car. We're gonna do one thing, add, subtract five cents in cost and beat you. And now you have a BMW that is the most overly ridiculously com complicated car ever with a Toyota badge on it. And it's just everything that brand should never be. Mm -hmm. That's what pisses me off. This is, when you, drop, this is when you drop the mic. No, I was going to say uh, Jason for president 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I will uh, not shut down the government unless, yeah. <laughs> unless Toyota, Toyota badges it. <laughs> Next thing the M3 is going to be badged. It's something else. And, yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, anyway, I'd take that over what we have now situation yep. this is all um the toyota it's situation late. it's late and uh we thank you our gracious hosts for having us but it's trivia time oh fuck trivia i was at a bentley dealership this evening as were all of you and whether you knew it or not and there was a new mulsan uh in the showroom I wasn't really feeling it. It was a kind of a blacked out version. <sighs> murdered out. Murdered out, but from yeah. the factory. So black grill, black uh, side dumb, chrome. Dumb and dumber. Crap. Yeah, go ahead. I got a, a picture here of the sticker, and I'd like to know your guesses for options, pricing. 
Oh God. All right. Let's start off with floor mats. Can we talk about first? Can we, can you tell us what the base MSRP of this beautiful, unsellable glue to the showroom floor Molson is? $304,000. Well, three or four, six, seventy. Well, three or five. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and the uh, I'm not going to give you the full retail price until the end. That might give, tip yeah. you off too much. But uh, so let's start with the floor mats. Floor mats. Describe them. Okay. Deep pile carpet mats to front and rear. Deep pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> to front and rear. To front and. Rear. Uh, what do four? So it doesn't have a standard. They're not like wool or anything. Mats? No, six hundred fifty dollars. Mm. Okay. Eight eight ninety. Six fifty, eight ninety. Thirteen fifty. Sixteen eighty. Well, Jason wins fifteen thirty five. Oh, yeah. Wait, he went over. You think a fucking set of floor mats <laughs> is only gonna be a thousand bucks? What's wrong with you? He did go over, but I'm still giving it to oh, him. Oh price right now. Um, this is uh the um dark tint flying bee radiator mascot. This is the standard flying bee, yet this one is darker tint. <laughs> uh what will that cost you? I don't even know what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, Jason goes first. Deep dark. That sounds really expensive. I'm going to call thirty two hundred bucks <laughs> just for darker. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen Porsche prices? You know what they charge for a vent? This is a Bentley, sir. I don't know. What yeah, thirty two hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, this is English. My favorite. Twelve fifty. Twelve fifty. My favorite are the colored crests on the wheels, by the way, the center caps on yeah. the Porsche. Those are very cheap. Uh, They're actually not that much. Nine fifty. Uh shoot, I was gonna go lower. Uh what did you say, Tim? Twelve fifty. Uh I got on the train. All right. Thirteen hundred. I don't know. Five thousand three hundred and eighty dollars. <laughs> Told you. Told you. What the Welcome this to Bentleyland. Uh, the next box you check is for the refrigerated bottle cooler. That would be in the rear center armrest. Oh, fantastic. Uh, yeah. Double stitch leather. I don't know. Uh, that's I mean, Will my Franzi a white mountain Chablis in a box? No. Yes, it will. You take, no, a, you take, you take the bag. You take the, the bag out of the box. You just stuff it in that bitch. Zima. <laughs> yeah. It's for Zima. Zima bottles. So they use a uh, sterling silver fork to imprint their stitching marks on the leather. Yes. Which as has, one. As does. one does. <laughs> <laughs> What does the refrigerated butter bottle cooler? I'm going last on this 5800. one. $5,800. $5,800 for a fucking thermos. Hold on. This is the, not the thermos. This is the center mounted refrigerator, yes. correct? Oh Single God. bottle. It just says refrigerated bottle cooler. Yes. Mm. We don't know what size bottle. I'm going to guess champagne size. Just a random. <laughs> Zima, as I said. Zima. Moet. Uh, I'm going last. I'm okay. Well, and you said 5200 that's probably pretty uh 3800 9300 11852 dollars dude $11,080 oh my <laughs> is that worth it well you could have a sub-zero for your house and probably buy a house in most states of this country eleven thousand dollars for the bottle cooler option. it's a refrigerator those are rather expensive <laughs> Now, there's two options on here, which I don't know what it includes. Uh, one is Mulsan Design Series Pack Silver. You okay, didn't so see it's this. It's probably when you just a bunch yours? of Mulsan. $39,000. Oh, it's oh, just quilted leather. And Mulliner Driving Spec with Alternate Wheel. Oh. $21,000. Okay, Mulliner is usually actually the, the quilted leather. 
Um, if I don't, remember correctly, don't I'm, try I'm to not give. I'm not you know what I mean? It's usually the black interior, quilted interior. There, it's not. My name's Jason. I wore a blazer once. And I now reviewed I'm... one of these cars. <laughs> <for a living. laughs> All right, uh, retail price out the door at uh, Bentley of Scottsdale. Uh, what is it? Three eighty-seven. Three eighty-seven. It's the same price as the Cullinan. I think I told you what. I'm going to say yeah, four four oh, no, two yeah. or something. I was going to say four oh six. 403. Yeah, you guys are right there. 40283. Okay, but that's wait, wait, wait. That's MSRP. They're gonna sell that bitch for a 310. Oh, after it sits on the, on the year. 180 next year. I was just gonna say it'll be $40,000 at RAM I will, 2029. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will say one thing about the Mazan. It's a real Bentley. Oh no, I'm Un- down unlike with the all the Continentals and Flying Spurs, which are Phaetons underneath. Well, with, were until the current one. I'm, I'm not with They're, this. I'm not with this murdered out scene, but um. But that is a really I'm gonna skip, special. I'm gonna car. skip the dark Flying B. Uh, you know, five thousand three hundred and eighty dollars. Maybe so the coolers. Too? Okay, hold on. Let no, me no, ask no. you guys a question. No, no. Five thousand three hundred and eighty dollars. What's your favorite car that you've ever owned that you bought for less than that dark flying? Dude, all bee? of my cars, like, like almost every car I've owned. <laughs> yeah, almost same. I, I could own like five nine fourteens. No, yeah. I mean what, yeah. the car that you actually do own that you bought for less than that. I mean, oh, my E thirty, my, my, my Mercedes wagon, my five sixty yeah. SEL. Mm-hmm. I bought all for less than almost all my cars I bought for less than five yeah. grand. Yeah, yeah. A brand new nineteen eighty Scirocco S red with a sunroof, less than that. But not S. adjusted for inflation. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll it's give okay. it to him. But that's nuts. <laughs> that's man. just to turn the the Bentley B the hot one dark. Dark. That's not the grill. No. That's just the B. I thought it was already dark, but this is a darker. This, yeah, it's darker. No, no, no. To start, a Mulsanne comes with a chrome Bentley flying B. Yeah. This is a darker version of that oh, for gotcha. $5,000. You should get like the business it. of tinting people's <laughs> flying Bs. I do that, yes. It's... <laughs> One of those things. That. It's one of his flying it's, it's it's they can never decide on color. Yeah, it's, it's and really you charge four grand, whatever. It's a <laughs> yeah, good it's deal. A deal. It'd be a bargain at that point. It'd be a bargain. That's a podcast. Thank you, Tim, for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank yeah. you. Fantastic, Jason. Thanks for having thank me, guys. you as always. Sorry we'll about, see the about the about the uh, <laughs> cage <laughs> match next time. Alrighty then, <laughs> Mr. Lieberman. Listen, it's own. There will be no cage match for the record. Okay, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. It's gonna be a patty cake. But I just don't think I would go and buy something for the sole purpose of ripping it up. Uh, I would destroy a rental car because... They deserve and you it. You just described how you love doing burnouts. How Shut expensive up. are tires? Whatever your logic is, just meaningless. <laughs> logic, here. logic, logic. Uh, no, whatever. <laughs>